Hi guys, you're listening to On One on the Black Female Narrative. I'm Juanita and I'm really excited uh, to be joined by Lisa Bent, um, who will be talking to us about self-care and how we can make sure that we're doing more of it. Hello. Hey, Lisa. Hi, Juanita. How are you? I am good, thank you. Thank you for Brilliant. joining me. Oh, thank you for evening. asking. Awesome, awesome. Um, so tonight I was really keen to get you on on one because um, I know you're someone that I look to when it comes to self-care. I know you're someone um, who that's very important to. So I thought mm. who better to talk about that, especially as we're approaching Valentine's Day. <laughs> so um, to kick things off, obviously I need everyone to know um, who I'm speaking to and a little bit about you. So introduce yourself. Okay, so my name is Lisa Bent. I am a HR advisor by day, but in my own time, I am the founder of Self Central, which is a concept that basically means to own and accept who you are to be all that you are. Mm-hmm. I'm also a qualified counsellor, and I class myself as a personal development nudger. And what that basically means is that I use different mediums to invite people to self-explore. Right. Okay. Wow. That sounds... Uh, see, the thing is to me, like I, like I, um, when we were talking about this interview via email, I've always thought you were a life coach and a bit of a... Just someone who's very, very intuitive. Um, you've always got such a positive word to say to people. You've been very encouraging to me in the past. So I was really excited to kind of um, share you um, with with other women. Um, Thank you. So the first thing that I wanted to kind of talk about is um, identity Mm. um, and just talk about what your experience is um, as a a black British woman. I mean, what do you think some of our our triumphs and challenges are? Well, I think it begins at a really young age. For me personally, I was taught very early on, very early on that I had to work 10 times harder than my white counterparts to, in order yeah. to be successful. Um, that was a saying that my mum drummed into me from a very early age, and I know I'm not alone. Mm. Um, so although I knew it came from a place of love and experience, in order to prepare me for society, it was definitely an added pressure. Um, so over time, I have found that being a black woman in Britain means that I have to filter through the conscious and unconscious bias of situations. Um, I've learned to understand that the subtle and not so subtle unpleasant interactions are not really about me, but it's taken me a long time to get to that place. Um, I have to learn to understand that justice looks different depending on where where you're standing and who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, I've understood in the workplace that I may be viewed as a superwoman, Mm-hmm. And in the same breath, I may or may not be valued. And then in the same breath, I may not be paid fairly. But so, isn't that, as black women, you know, I think that's something that I know a lot of people around me kind of struggle with, this mm-hmm. idea that black women have to be super women. Yes. I mean, where do you think that comes from? Well, that comes from our historical context. Um, I used to, um, back in the day, I used to write a blog called Deeper Than Twitter, and I literally broke it all down in a in a in a in a letter. 
Mm -hmm. um, to so-called superwomen and basically I really broke it down it's so much to unpack in this conversation but if anyone does want to go and read it please just go over to the Deeper Than Twitter website Um, so it's something that we've had to be in order to survive we've had to be strong we've had to get on and get on with it and do it because there was no one else around to do it Um, I come from a Caribbean family and we kind of known um, for us to have quite a lot of single parent families Um, and so I've my mum's a single parent Um, she was a single parent so I've known it I know what the struggle has been like it's been real and she Mm -hmm. survived and she is amazing but part of that and part of that that kind of label I don't think helps us in terms of mental health because I think we learn to become on autopilot and just suck it up and get on with it and yeah. so later on down the line it can potentially become a mental health issue because we don't slow down right. we don't take a rest we don't ask for help we don't give it away we, do, do you know what i mean so the impact of that that word that label although there are some positives within it because we are survivors it does take chunks out of you over time yes and i suppose it's one of those things where you have to be so so careful because you know if you don't have that support or um you know do what we're going to go on to talk about in terms of self-care it can unravel and like you said it can be quite yeah definitely and also as well because you're on autopilot all those feelings that you feel are pushed down to the point that when you are potentially not behaving in a particular way that is classed as positive mental health for example lack of sleep or sleepless nights or disturbed sleep you're not even going to know what it is you're just going to think i'm not sleeping very well right the impact of the reason as to why that's occurring is because you're not resting right i hear that so even when there's signs you can potentially yeah because you're on autopilot Mm -hmm. well i think uh, it's something that Um, probably a lot of women um, go through especially because I think there's this idea that um, this is just our lot and kind of um, thinking that oh well you know you know this is this is how black women are are supposed to behave or um, and something that I've heard as well I've, I've forgotten from who but you know that everything life is supposed to be a struggle when it it really really isn't no it's not meant to be Uh, exactly so i suppose um it's it's good to kind of talk about well what are the solutions Mm. kind of alleviating ourselves from this kind of this burden that's not even imposed by us it's imposed by others so 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 we have to unpack it so first of all in order to let go of something you have to understand what you're carrying and a lot of us just carry again we're on autopilot so first of all i think the whole kind of because our historical context is so wrapped up in the white history mm-hmm. and you know when we even you know when we talk about race you know we're still to this day we're kind of shut down yeah i think we have to get to a place where we can afford to have those conversations without the other being a part of it because you know so many years have gone by now and we're still kind of not in a place where I think we need to be and so our healing doesn't involve them our healing is what we 
have to do. We know our historical context. We're reminded of it in goodness knows how many films yeah. um, and stories, you know, from our ancestors and parents, etc. So the work has to be done by us. Yeah. It, it comes to a place, you know, when, you know, um, if something happens in your life and, for example, you're unable to hear the words I'm sorry or hear the forgiveness from the person who's harmed you, there, I believe there has to come to a point where you have to accept that you're not going to get the sorry and you choose to do the healing so that you are the person that is comfortable in yourself moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I feel as a, as a collective, that's, that's where we have to get to now mm-hmm. because so many of us are still living in almost a post-traumatic stress disorder syndrome way of life. So many of us are still just surviving and actually we deserve, we all deserve to live our best lives and that means that we need to thrive and in order to thrive you need to understand what the patterns are, what is no longer serving you and what is keeping you stuck and unfortunately it means you've got to look at the very thing. So you have to look at the thing you have to work out what what is yours to carry and what isn't. If something's not yours to carry, leave it alone. And then just pick up those bags that you need to work on, carry it with you to the room, empty it out in the corner, look at it and slowly decide, right, what things am I going to pick up from this pile and work on? Mm-hmm. Cool, I'm going to work on these three things. And then once I've worked on it, I'm going to let it go. Whether you want to bury that metaphorically, write it away in a letter metaphorically, I don't know, I don't know, throw it down the drain metaphorically, do whatever you need to do, but you've got to make peace with it. And then slowly, you know, hopefully slowly, there'll be nothing left on the floor. It's the same way how we unpack goals. So when you when you visualize a goal that you want to achieve, what do you do? You break it down into small sizes. It's the same thing when it has to when it when it's involving unpacking the things that you need to look at and the reality is a lot of people do avoid looking at stuff because it's painful this is it but it's not ever going to be as painful as the first time you experienced it and that's even if you directly experienced it because if you look at post-traumatic slave syndrome that's in your cellular, cellular memory so although we were never there still you know history lives in our blood so unless you look at it you're not even really going to be aware of how controlled you are by the historical past i know that sounds really deep and really like maybe people quite airy fairy but we are it is in our dna like we all make decisions based upon the past and we weren't even there but this is my thing i think that um i i kind of think I don't know if it's a, a generational thing because I think about, um, you know, I'm a woman in my early 30s and I think a lot of uh, <laughs> millennials, um, yeah. you know, just some of the bits and pieces I see on, on social media, you know, and even, you know, people in my age range, they're probably thinking, well, surely, you know, this happened hundreds of years ago. We need to get over it. You know, this is 2018. I mean, what do you say to that? It's, that's quite a hard question. Um, personally, just because something looks like a certain way on the surface doesn't mean that there's still stuff going on underneath. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, do I believe in that's it, that it's inherent for both sides? Potentially, yes. Do I believe it comes out and displays itself in different ways? Yes. I think we need to have, even though time has passed, we do need to really understand the impact it does have and plays in today's society. So I'll give you an example. When I was training to become a counsellor, um, so I'm a person-centered counsellor, which basically means when I work with the clients, when I'm about to work with a client for the first time, I have I may know the first name, I may know the age, I won't know anything else. I might have maybe a one-liner of the potential issues that the client may raise, but that's about it. So I would have been maybe 31 or so at the time. And I was in a new establishment, I knew this woman, I had her first name, she came at the right time. I opened the door and I was greeted with a white lady, maybe about uh, maybe 69 I think she was. Okay. And straight away, in my head, I heard myself say, shit, does she know I'm black? Now, I could not even believe I had that thought because that's never been a problem for me before. And I had to do my best to park it and revisit it. And then it became my dissertation in my final year. Because that is an example of how unconscious stuff can literally surface so quickly and if you do not catch it it's a problem Mm. so what was going on is the fact that this client was a similar age to my Mm mum I've heard many stories from my mum about the treatment that she received as a nurse Mm. my mum used to be a nurse this lady was also a nurse so if you look at the ages I'm not saying this woman would have done that or been that kind of person but just the very visual the very visuals of a white woman and you know my mum's black experience mm-hmm. in my head came up with an image of okay well she's similar to my mum's age she works in my mum's profession would she have been a racist that's number one mm-hmm. number two in terms of how society is I'm, I'm a minority and I'm in a, prof- a profession where the majority of counsellors are white and middle class mm-hmm. I am a black woman who is young about to work as an expert with a white woman that isn't back then that wasn't normal that isn't normal so i had um my mum's kind of background experience on top of an unconscious historical context all displaying itself plus age plus color all in the room and i had to really understand what was going on because potentially as a counselor i could harm my client so for example a way that could potentially play out is because i'm in this unique situation that isn't normal isn't usual should i say not normal isn't usual back then i could have wanted to please my my white client because i want i would have wanted to show her that i am good enough and so i could have colluded with some of the things that she was saying i could have maybe not worked in a type of way i did work with her because i'm unaware of what is actually going on based upon this this elephant in the room had I not identified what was going on. So that just me as a counsellor. Do do you see what I mean? But the interesting thing is I think that um, uh, some of the the battles that we face in those kind of scenarios, um, whilst valid, I I always assume that for the other person, and it might be an unfair assumption, you know, either she, you know, they hadn't clocked it, or they're having their own 
internal battles too? Potentially, yeah, because there's a word called transference. There's transference mm-hmm. and counter-transference. So my feelings of what I just explained, had I not realized what was going on, I could have transferred, so another word for that would be projected, projected yes. what I was feeling onto my client. My client would potentially have definitely felt something had I not you know, worked out what it was. Mm. And then she would have um, had a reaction and that would have been a counter-transference. So mm. what therefore would be going on in a room is this mixed up dynamics full of stuff that would have been unconscious but it's been played out in a room but two people wouldn't have been able to name it right and that's when it potentially could come uh, become harmful and that is what is going on day to day so you can take that experience that i've just given you put that in a workplace that's right. you talking to a potential boss and vice versa that's right. you talking to a teacher that's you talking to a policeman who's unaware about who he could potentially represent to you and mean to you that's you reacting based upon maybe something that you've seen in the past or an interaction with your own family member that you've now taken on as your own and so now your reaction to this policeman for example is not based upon your own experience but about what you've seen or the fear that you may have because you are now talking to a white man in a position of power so dynamics is so important it's very it sounds so dangerous and i've always kind of um wondered what it's like for someone who is a professional counselor i mean i don't know you might see what four or five different people a day depending on your specialism Uh you might hear some really kind of intimate and harrowing stuff and I've always wondered as a professional how do you distance yourself (laughs) from being helpful to that person in that moment Mm -hmm. but also protecting yourself because you're human you have feelings it's really it's really difficult but we are trained um we are trained really well and every counsellor has to have a counsellor and we also have a supervisor so in that supervisory relationship I would bring something like what I've just said to you to to my um, supervisor and we would unpack it so that we are so that we're so that we're aware of potentially what's going on in the room so that we can be mindful with what we're doing so mm. it's really really important but that's just on like one level for me the next level is just the the acknowledgement that energy is so important you know like when people always say oh i've walked into a room and i can i can feel the air like you can cut it with a knife so if you can feel that then imagine working opposite someone and week in week out just hearing traumatic energy Mm. that traumatic energy again it's the whole transference counter transference thing that traumatic sorry it chips away doesn't it yeah but it's transferring from someone's mouth into my cells mm-hmm. that's what's going on and so if you're not really careful you can you can be ill you can be ill and I don't think for me personally I don't think that side of it is really spoken as much in counseling so as a counselor I kind of learned the hard way I ended up having um, secondary post-traumatic stress disorder I was working with a sexual abuse victim and right. um, and I was fine. I worked with the, the client all the way until the end. So that was a year, a year's worth of work. She flew out of the room. But before she flew out of the room, she revealed something to me. And okay. it kind of, um, it pieced everything together that I'd heard over a year. And it became visual in my mind. 
and so the impact of that was was just a lot um and and so fix just to give you another example i don't watch horror films for a reason because i know how my brain works my brain can't right. if it happens if it didn't i, I will have nightmares with things like the news um, yeah like for me personally i find that i mean my mum can sit in the living room and watch cnn from dusk to dawn <laughs> um, i can't do that because it you know i remember the day that um trump got elected yeah i could not cope yeah i'm, so I did I'm it. and that's the thing so we need to be careful and i'm quite i would class myself as quite a sensitive person i'm quite sensitive to energy i I can pick things up really quickly um and so because of that i i really got into crystals i learned about crystals um i learned um that the impact of them and where you should carry them i even went so far as to learn how to do reiki because reiki is about cleansing yourself and changing your energy and clearing i and i train to become so i'm actually a reiki practitioner as well but i don't work on people i literally just did it so i could heal myself each evening i'm a big advocate for washing away the day so i will use certain oils so i'll come home after a hard day's work and i will literally have a shower and use particular oils to wash away the day um currently i'm doing a course um to learn about how i can make my own oils um I love incense. I'm really into all of that. So now I sound pretty airy fairy, but I just love no, that stuff. <laughs> not at all. I mean, I'm I'm similar in terms of um, I I'm not advanced in terms of knowledge, but I have started exploring crystals and yeah. getting into my my cousin in the states got me into essential oils and diffusing them into a yes. room and you yes. know how it makes a difference. So I don't think it's it's airy fairy at all, and I think it's the perfect segue from you know obviously I mean. I, I don't want listeners to think that, you know, women just, black women are just sitting here going, oh, woe is me or whatever. But at the end of the day, we live an existence which is filled with with challenges, um, a unique set of challenges. Um, I'm sure that other races have, have their own, but ours is, is, is quite, um, I think, unique being black yeah. and female. Mm. Um, and in some cases, quite a, a shared one. Uh-huh. Um, so you know as we've looked at and as you've as you've called it unpacked some of the the challenges we would face what are the things that you think we can do to kind of um uh employ self-care in our own um lives i mean you've talked about um you know cleansing and crystals and stuff i mean is there anything else that you like to do i know you like to travel oh i love a holiday (laughs) i absolutely love a holiday um so regardless of what race you are holidays are really important that's just the time to have a break from your usual surroundings um and just just to get out and explore but i do think as black women we need the sun we need that vitamin d it is important and i also think it's important to um go to places where where you have people who look like us so basically majority black countries because the 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 fruits and the vegetables that grow there i do think it kind of resonates with our dna in a different kind of way Mm -hmm. um so that's just another another level to it and also as well it's the connection piece i mean i love barbados i've been i can't even tell you how many times now it's definitely it must be in a double figures by now Um, wow but just that connection 
you know, they still say good morning, good evening, good night. I feel like I am not invisible there. I've, I, yeah. I'm acknowledged and I'm appreciated and it feels good and I get my dose <laughs> that I need in terms of just that connection. I feel like sometimes here in the UK, um, we've adapted to to a different kind of way to the point where we can't even acknowledge each other I mean how can I see a brother on the road or even a sister you know and and I don't know you but just to nod and say hello and then your eyes are going to the floor like what's on the floor like we are people why can't we just acknowledge each other and just say hello for me it's very foreign actually I mean for people who don't know me I am that person who will speak to anyone random. I will have friends. <laughs> it's actually what I'm known for now. Um, I was about to say. It's difficult. Yeah. I do find it difficult. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're a, a people person and I, I totally get the idea. I mean, not everyone um, can necessarily afford to go on holidays. I get that. Mm. And I remember, for example, when I was at university, I went to university um, in Lancashire in a town called Preston. And um, it was a very, very white environment. Um, I, I went there because they did American studies and journalism, and that's what I wanted to do and didn't really think about the environment. And I remember um, two things struck me my first 12 weeks there when I came back to London. One, I couldn't cope with the tube because it's such a small yes. town, you could walk everywhere. I yeah. couldn't cope, I'd, you know, I grew up in London, so it was really alien feeling to feel like I can't cope with this many people around me at this point. And the second thing was ever, like for as long as I was there, and I was there for about almost 10 years, um, finished university and I started a family. But for me, every time I came to London, I had to go and stand in the middle of Brixton. I had to oh, stand really? in the middle of Brixton, South London, because I knew exactly what you said, that everybody was going to to look like me. And Preston yeah. was one of those places where, you know, my son's dad, it was the sort of thing where if you mentioned his surname, people knew who he was. That's how small, small it was. Yeah. Was. Yeah. You know, so I totally get the idea of um, making sure that you are, um, you know, taking care of self by surrounding yourself with um, people that love you. I mean, one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about is, I mean, there's self-care um, in terms of us as individuals, as women, but I do also wonder about whether we sometimes can potentially forget that self-care when we're in relationships. Yeah, um, okay, so I've been single for a while. Um, it is definitely by choice, but I think... I think very early on, I just realized that first love is is the first love. I'm like, I don't expect anyone to love me more than I love myself. I just, I just can't. Like, the idea of it just is so alien to me. And therefore, it took me um, a while to kind of really empathize for pe with people who didn't love themselves, but then would go out and seek it, expecting the other person to fill their void. I just I just saw very early on that that is a dangerous position to be in but just because we are human so many people do it that way around and I'm all about inside out as opposed to outside in that we, we all have within us everything that we need for everything so whether it's an idea whether it's a follow-through 
whether it's just to to fix something that we know is broken within us we ourselves have the ability to heal ourselves but so many people spend so many time looking outside of themselves to feel better that it feels better only for a while and then it becomes a pattern so whether that be the drink for some people drugs um sex or just constant partners if anyone has that kind of pattern it's just filling a void it's almost like patching loads of plasters on your body to try and you know fill the fill the hole but it's just going to get manky every time it's going to fall off and then what you're going to do oh you're going to get more plasters no let that wound stay open and it will dry out by itself as long as you look after it love it heal it and it, and before you know it there won't even be a scar left but so many people just do it the other way around and and to be honest when you when you think about how society is there is no other place really um well no there is no place other than the counseling room that provides a space for people to really kind of look at themselves and heal but by yes, that time it's already too late sometimes like mm. I, when I left, when I when I when I qualified to become a counsellor, the reason why I set up Self Central is because I didn't believe that anyone had to be on the floor before they came to see me. So it's like yeah. you're on the floor, okay? Now you see me. That's late. That's where's the intervention? That's too late. Right. Schools, I think schools should be the place where people, where pupils learn about themselves. That that that's encouraged. So mm. rather than um, working on your failures because not everyone's academic so rather than I know maths is important for example but rather than you know keep taking the same exams the same exams just to be good at maths I just think people need to be encouraged that they are already good enough it's not just right. about the grade it's about who you are as a person and where you want to be and what kind of person you want to be in life that I think is a missing thing but then in the same breath we live in a capitalist society doing it this way around which is the way that I would like means that you've got a lot of fully functioning people around which means that the way life currently is would would dramatically change and probably change capitalism because then you'll be producing more entrepreneurs Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because so many more people be confident and believe they do have the ability and that they are already good enough so in terms of how the world works which it's almost like there has to be some sort of divide. You know, there's got to be people at the top and then the workers at the bottom. It's It just probably wouldn't make it sustainable. But I'm a proper advocate for that. Yeah, because I think who we are, as I said in my motto, who we are is central to everything. So therefore, you know, we, we do need to understand who we are and why we do the things that we do. And besides all of that, we are with ourselves for the rest of our lives so therefore very early on we have to learn to become our own best friends yes we have to you can't run for your you know you can't run from yourself nope nope and you can't hide so we actually many people actually create more problems because they're in denial of who they actually are and spend a lot of time fixing the outside but the inside is still you're still the same person yeah i think a lot there are a couple of schools i think either in i think they're in the states who have started introducing things like meditation into schools as opposed to detention yes Um, and i think um yoga is a new one as well there you go and as auntie o would say miss miss 
would say um you know i think that we're in a, a place where there's a kind of shift and a very um conscious towards um well-being and being aware and stuff um but you said something a couple of times that's kind of resonated with me and i've always kind of which is um you know you watch certain tv shows and stuff and people are always saying no you've got to you've got to learn how to love yourself you've got to you know get into this particular space um but what i find is always kind of missing for me is you know practical tangible tools mm. like where does someone start where does someone begin that journey especially if they you know i mean traditionally we are not uh i mean i come from an african background yeah. but i think we have a shared experience where it's not typical yeah. for us to go and seek counseling right. or ask support mm -hmm. so if we want to do that in our quiet space and we want to start that journey where what kind of things could we do so i would say to carve out time on a day that is your non-busy day at the same time same place every week is a great place to start and you journal um i know that you know in this day and age everyone you know types on their laptop but there is something and this is just my personal opinion of course do whatever works for you but there for me there is something about pen and paper Mm -hmm. it's really cathartic so it's like you write write for me is almost hearing myself to myself mm. and it's a great great exercise to learn how to become self-aware yeah everyone everyone is already self-aware but you can strengthen that okay. and so with strength with um, self-awareness the more you understand about yourself and your emotions it's at that point that you can that, that you can realize when you need to go elsewhere for additional help right. if you're not willing to carve out the time and the space to check in with yourself then you're just going to be an autopilot and you might be missing the signs like our body talks to us all the time mm -hmm. like all the time the only times we really listen is when it tells us we're hungry uh when we're dehydrated and even then we by the time you're you know your body tells you you're dehydrated you're already dehydrated yeah. but whatever and potentially you know when we when we're ill when we've got a headache that's the only time we kind of really listen but when if you begin you to look, exactly enough sit exactly mm. exactly but when you realize what your body's trying to say and when it's trying to say it and what you need to pay attention to that's when it becomes really good self-care a really good self-care exercise because your awareness of yourself is strengthened mm. so you'd be able to you know to, to kind of like fill that back that little niggle mm. and and adjust your seat at work because you realize you're not sitting straight you'll be able to understand that okay your eyes feel a bit dry okay well how long have you been staring at this excel spreadsheet mm. take the break mm. before you get the headache do you, do you see what i mean so when you journal it's it's the great place to start in regards to becoming more self-aware mm. about your thinking and your feelings about things yeah i totally agree because i mean I've, i've always been a journaler um mm. starting from when 
uh, I, I think my early teens I've still got a diary I think from oh that would have been what two no end of secondary school so that would have been like 98 or something uh-huh. I mean uh-huh. at that point I was journaling about my D&T teacher um, <laughs> at the same time um, it was great for me. As, a, as an adult I've just picked up journaling again because I've just finished reading uh, The Morning Miracle by Hal Elroyd yes I've, I've got that I haven't read it yet though, you but I've need got to book. read that book I mean it's um, and for anybody else it's a very very easy read very easy to get into uh, a little bit repetitive at points but it works on the principle that basically you spend 10 minutes on um, what it calls um, savers. So savers stands for um, silence. So you could use that for meditation or something. Then there is affirmations, then visualization, um, then exercise, um, then reading, and then um, scribing. So essentially journaling. Um, so I started that, that journey again at the end of the year just because I've been evolving as a person. Um, and you were totally mm. right. It's one of those things where in the absence of um, people, in fact, we'll, we'll talk about that. In the absence of, of, you know, some of those mechanisms that you would typically use as a, as a support, um, it's been really, really important to me. That and um, I've been going to um, uh, a church online. Um, chat online wow online. see Facebook Facebook the, the levels <laughs> so, there's a, um, I think it's called transdenominational church called oh, Agape okay. um, yes I've heard of it is this by um, Michael Beckwith Bernard Beckwith so every um, yes. twice uh, a day um, I log on and um, having someone who was grown up in the church and felt like I hadn't really um I wasn't still connected to that and read things and realized mm, yep. this this person that they're presenting to me I don't really I'm not sure that that's the person yeah, that same. I believe in mm-hmm. um just mm-hmm. discovering him you know it like it was, I think the first couple of times it was just a whole load of tears because it was just like this is what's been missing so I think that's something yeah. else that people can kind of look at if you're spiritual I would call it a spiritual church rather than religious they don't it's not a it's not based in religion it's really based in affirmation yeah. and and positive yeah. energies um but that's um another aspect that you've actually touched upon so we've talked about relationship with self we've talked mm-hmm. about intimate relationships Um, But I'm noticing a trend in articles around toxic friendships Um, and how (laughs) difficult it is where, I mean, if a boyfriend, you know, was disrespectful to you in whatever shape, whatever that means to you, despite Mm. the difficulties, if it's pushed enough, you would be, you know, you get to a point where relationship is not for me. Um, But for friendships, mm, slightly difficult don't you think it's different yeah it's how do i how do i explain this so this comes back down to what i was saying earlier on about dynamics so again who you are essential to everything which means who that person who you, who is your friend 
you know who they are is also central to everything so for example if you've got an unaware friend who just wants something from you or wants to take something from you and you're not feeling great about that then you almost have to understand what your boundaries are i think in every scenario when it comes to dynamics with people the word boundary i think is the most important word to use um especially in any kind of relationship because it's like how you view yourself um is important because we ourselves set the bar of how we choose to be treated so for me it's consistent so whether i'm at work and a boss is talking to me in a particular way or a work colleague is talking to me in a particular way if i'm in a relationship and a man's talking to me in a particular way or i'm with a friend and they're talking to me in a particular way because i know who i am that's not going to happen and i will be quite vocal about that I, i believe that expressions and how you express yourself are really important I, you know where possible i like to be mindful because when you're self-aware you kind of almost know what's going on and once you know what's going on you can very you can you can choose within that moment the best way to respond um but it's is regardless of whether it's toxic friends or or whatever we set the bar of how we are treated so if you have a friend who's draining you if you have a friend who's taken from you you're giving it away yeah it's a two you are giving it away exactly so it's really easy to blame the other person it's so easy to do that but my question always is what part are you playing in this dynamic because if someone's taken they're taken because you're giving you're giving too much and now you're empty but you're blaming them no you need to strengthen up those boundaries strengthen up your self esteem your self confidence your self worth and redefine what is actually going on Woo! if that person is so toxic that they actually end up that there's some sort of payoff for them and a cost to you then you need to you know you need to really look at it and say is it worth it and based upon your own um your own level of self worth sorry standards. yeah the your own standards then you need to make a decision you know these things aren't easy these things are difficult but this is about for me how much of yourself are you willing to compromise in order to make someone this happy is it i can't compromise so much of myself that I'm now unhappy but you're happy how does that even make sense but it takes strength I can't do it it takes strength and sometimes it it's, it's not necessarily um, as straightforward um, as it can be but it is about also just being aware of you know like you said the support mechanisms me- mechanisms around you whether that is counseling whether that is friendships whether that is parents you know siblings exactly and you know what everyone is going through something yeah so number 1 everyone is going through something number 2 the reason why this is all playing out is because that person may just not be as self-aware as what they need to be so they may not even be aware of how they're coming across so then the next level of this is if you are feeling a particular way rather than just cut your friend off try and have an open discussion about it if nothing is going through then you might need to reevaluate you know reevaluate the situation but just know that a lot of these times when you do have toxic people around you 
it isn't actually really about you it's about the lack that they have within themselves so this kind of applies to jealousy let's just use jealousy for example right so i'm a believer that if you do have jealous friends around you it's not because it's not because they don't like you and they're hating it's merely the fact that they can't access in themselves what they see in you right right so they've seen goodness they've seen that you're i don't know that you're intelligent you're pretty whatever it is they've seen that within you but they can't access it for themselves so that's how jealousy appears but that exactly but it's less about hating and more about actually maybe just hating themselves it's not really about you you've touched on um uh the one of my favorite books and there's a couple of books that i always say to people you know that they should read one of them is the five yeah. love languages um yeah. and the other one is uh the four agreements yeah um, <laughs> it's not by don miguel ruiz is it it is ruiz and, yeah yeah um, yeah it is it, you just hit the nail on the head in terms of those four agreements don't take things personally um yeah. so like you said you know and I remember when I read that book, it struck me because in the dynamics I was having with other people, I did take a minute and think to myself, why are you behaving like that? What is going on with you? So it's don't take things personally. Don't make assumptions. Um, I always get like this. I always forget the other two. Oh, listen, I'm the same. I posted the other day on my Instagram as well. every morning because I've got a, a piece of <laughs> digital tv don't take things personally oh look at that eh? don't take things personally don't make assumptions always do your best um and there's a fourth one i will come back to you guys and let you know what the fourth one is in fact don't even come back to me go buy the book go read the book (laughs) wait let's have a look what are the four agreements hold on look this is where google comes in oh but wait can i can i even find it now though but I mean, I it, it's it, it, it really is a case of, um, you know. I, oh, here we go. Sorry. Have that thought. Hold on. Here we go. So it's be impeccable with your word. It. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do that's your best. It. And it's, it's interesting. I've, even recently, I was, um, my, my mum was, um, you know, a bit frustrated with how someone was behaving um and i just heard myself go you know those ones where you have to remind yourself that you're you're the child not the parent but i just heard myself go mom it's not about you whatever they're doing that's not that's about them it's not about you it's not something that you need to take on board so and don't get me wrong it can be difficult especially if you are the person that is being projected onto it can be really hard to then work out is it me am i really like this or is it them or what's going on it can be really difficult but genuinely if you know you haven't done anything wrong like literally using all your self-awareness skills then it isn't about you of course check it out check things out i remember one time someone called me selfish <laughs> i was so shocked because i'm such a giver mm-hmm. and i had to really check it out with myself and be like okay am i being selfish in this situation and then i think i um found another two friends and said to them how am i occurring like how do you view me would you class great. me as a selfish person yeah because i look we never stop learning right so right at, right now i know what i know about myself but there's also a large chunk that i don't know that i don't know because i don't know it it hasn't popped up yet 
So I'm always open to learning. So if someone does come to me and says that I'm selfish, I will, even now at this point, I will look at it. I'll feel it out, you know, because I, I, I have this visual thing where if someone says something to me and it doesn't sound right, I get the image of red flags. Wow. So if I get a red flag, it means, mm, okay, don't read too much into this, still check it out, but nah, you're not feeling that. That doesn't sit well with me. And it's not because I'm having a, just a reaction of, no, it doesn't sound nice, therefore it's not nice, therefore it's not true. It's, nah, there's something about the energy behind it or the intention behind it that doesn't sit right with me. But I will always check it out. And so, yeah, in some situations, I'll call another two friends and be like, how am I occurring? Do you experience me this way? Oh, you do? Oh, okay, I'm going to look at it. Or I might go back and say, okay, can you give me an example where you felt that I was X, Y, and Z? And then I'll look at it. And then I will adapt my behavior. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. You've mentioned again, there's a couple of things. You're just dropping these bombs that is just like making, <laughs> making my brain go into overdrive. And the, the latest one I just heard is this kind of, this undertone of assurity. I know who i am i mean i'm learning the power of the words i am anyway yeah yeah but um again um i don't know if i'd know how to answer that question do you know do you know what i read somewhere I read, so i i've got a degree in performing arts you know the dream was to you know prance around like fame <laughs> and you know be on the west end stage that was always yeah. the dream and um in one of these monologues that I had to write, which actually, funny enough, was about um, identity. And it was by, um, I can't say this person's name, so please forgive me, but it's something like, not say Shangay. She's the person who wrote- um, For Coloured Girls. For Coloured Girls, yeah. yeah. So excuse me if the first name is wrong, I know it definitely is. Um, so excuse me for that. But um, I can't remember what the, um, poem the full poem was called but the beginning of it began like this and it ended like this so it was like um something like black is a strange color to describe a, uh, a group of people slavery was a traumatic event in history i am the fierce physics of a soothing fire i just love it i just think that is just the easiest way to describe an i am because you are we all are more than a job title or a title so so I am I am more than a HR advisor I'm more than a counselor I'm more than a TV presenter I'm more than a radio presenter I'm more than a writer I'm more than it's not the the label it's who you are as a person so in a simplest term I could literally just say I am a kind compassionate person who is a is a personal development nudger because my mission is that everyone self-explores so that they can become the, their best selves that's who I am and wrapped up in it is my mission but I just like I am fierce physics of a seven fire I also like the idea and I do believe in this idea that I am a spiritual being having a human experience mm -hmm. so my spirit is bigger than my color of my skin but on earth the color of my skin is my identity because the way society is chooses to focus on the color of my skin and therefore as a result because of discrimination and prejudice I can I cannot ignore the fact that I am a black woman and not a woman who happens to be black that's why for me the order is different 
Well, it's going to be interesting in the coming weeks as um, I don't know if you've caught the news, but they uh, have just discovered that Cheddar Man uh, <laughs> is, is likely to be a black man. But that's a, a conversation for another day. I know that you um, have run workshops in the past. Um, yes. You're doing lots of things to, you know, you empower people through your social media. But what is the best way for people to kind of, you know, get their own kind of one to one time with with Lisa Bent and, and have that opportunity to learn from you? Oh gosh, that just makes, that's, I don't even know <laughs> what to say to that one. That's really big, really. I mean, I love it every morning um, that you kind of um, find it, I don't know yes. if affirmation is the right word, a kind of Yes, word it is an day. affirmation. Yes, so, um, every Wednesday on my Instagram account, which is at selfcentral101, I post um, something called hashtag Wednesday's words and Wednesday's words. Yeah. And so basically I every Wednesday pull a pull one of my angel cards um, using my left hand. So the left hand in spiritual terms means that that's your hand to receive. Mm -hmm. The right hand is viewed as the hand to give. Mm -hmm. So because I am I'm putting a card for everyone. I'm I'm receiving the information to therefore then give to you and hopefully that the word that I pull will nudge you. So today, because it's Wednesday, the, the day today's word was presence. And so the question I asked everyone was, um, how does this word resonate to you? Um, so that's on Wednesday's word. So you can always get in touch with me and, and make a comment um, on my Instagram page. But then now also on a Saturday, I do something called hashtag Saturday Soul Stirrers and that is a new concept which I started last week. Um, I basically watched a, a video of Oprah speaking about personality and how she defines herself and I thought it was awesome. I posted it, a lot of people fed back on it and I thought you know what we don't have enough nourishing TV you know um, that is on terrestrial TV. I mean you can always you know go off you know on your own and find nourishing things but i want there to be a place like saturday school or sunday school but saturday school where that's the place that you can come to to get your nourishing bits so please um also check my instagram on a saturday and i've also got hashtag she knew series See, and that's what i do on a sunday yes Yes, hashtag she knew series. <laughs> hashtag she knew series. And um, basically, it's my insights that I've learned over the years. Um, and it's called she knew as opposed to I know because the experiences that I'm sharing isn't unique to me. So it's something that we all kind of know deep down, but sometimes you just need that little nudge and reminder. Um, you can also find me at Precious Online. Um, I'm a. I have a monthly column there um, for my column called Inside Out. So I talk about um, again personal development. So I speak about all sorts of topics. The new article that's up at the moment is called Love, Love, Love uh, because yes. we're in February. But I'm talking about not the love of another. I'm talking about love as in what is your passion and what is your purpose. So please. Look out for that. Um, what so else? I am soon. On Instagram, Sorry. What's the what's yes. your what's your handle? So it's at self central. 
101. South Central 101. And then obviously, like you said, Correct. you're on Precious Online. Is there anywhere else? Uh, I'm on Precious Anywhere online. else we can find you? I've, um, South Central yeah. website? So, my South Central website is self um, dash um, central.com. To be honest, I've been quite lazy recently on that. I, I feel like Instagram is such a great place just to get things out and done quickly that I'm it, that's more up to date than my website so it's don't right, judge me right we're supporting um, all love here all thank love you here. darling thank you. you hopefully you know a couple more followers you'll see your google analytics going up it'll give you that nudge <laughs> <laughs> well we'll see but you know this I'm actually glad you said that because this is the other thing that I struggle with okay so what I do I do it out of passion and love and I'm not really here for the likes but the way that we're moving and the way that life is is that likes and followers is really important but that actually goes against the grain of what I'm trying to do in terms of the fact that you know the message of where it's coming from it's, it's you that matters that's all that matters and the fact that you're doing what you should be doing once you're doing something and then the likes kind of overweighs what you're doing to the point that you don't really want to do what you're doing anymore because you don't have the likes then it just becomes yeah. a conflict of yeah. interest so so yeah and sorry just before mm. we wrap up i just want to say in terms of the question you asked me before in regards to the people who are just start, starting out on this journey what they can do i mentioned journaling you also mentioned the books and actually yeah books are really important if you go into any good bookstore and I say bookstore because when I started on this journey when I was about maybe 16 17 I used to go to the bookshop go to the personal development section literally stand a few paces back from the books and literally just scan the mm. covers and then if a book seems interesting or the color seems interested interesting I then go to the book pull it out read the first two pages and if it resonated with me, I would either sit in the, the bookshop and read it or I'd buy it. Mm. And so I think that's just another kind of um, very, uh, what's the word, experiential way of trying to find out what you need. Because so much of what we do is available yes. online, but sometimes you don't really know what you're looking yes. for. And so sometimes I feel like we need to get away from, uh, you know, the electronics of everything and literally just go back to that connection, that I'm standing here, I'm looking at the books and something will jump out at me. Is it the colour? Is it the title? Is it the person's name? Whatever it is, I feel like that is what you're meant to have. I'm a big believer in that. Crystal, right? And so... It's the same sorry? with crystals, isn't it? It's the same with crystals. You can go into the shop, you can look at it and you'll pick the one that you're meant to have. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the one that you pick is actually the one that you need. So... I'm a big believer in that and also the last one is um, um, Oprah Soul Sundays on Spotify is life Ooh. right now oh, <laughs> it's amazing iTunes or oh yes I agree but yes it's it's absolutely amazing so I tend to listen to that on the way to work and then from work at the moment my favorite ones are Shonda Rhimes um, Don Miguel the guy that we mentioned who's the the writer of the four agreements um paolo coelho is also amazing he's the the, the writer of the bestseller the alchemist which is one of my favorite yeah, books um ayan levanson's on there as well in the meantime in the meantime if you are a black woman about to step on the road to self-explore i cannot recommend enough in the meantime 
Um, I think, first of all, if I was to really give the proper recommendation, I would say read Yesterday I Cried First because oh, then you get an understanding of her background. Right. Yes. Read Yesterday I Cried First because you get an understanding of where she's coming from, her background and what she went through. And then you read In the Meantime and then you learn. You will learn from her how you work on your stuff. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I'm going to reach for that. It's amazing. I'm trying to avoid. Yeah. I bought Peace from Broken Pieces. and I. Oh, Peace from Broken oh, Pieces. Amazing. I've read it. But, but I, have you started it? I, I started it and I was like, I don't know that I'm ready no you need to go back to no because you're jumping now you've got to go to yesterday i cried because peace from broken pieces is further along her Mm. journey and i feel like you're going to miss bits Mm, mm, mm. so yesterday i cried in the meantime and if you want to go on value in the valley (laughs) acts of faith faith. peace from broken pieces um what's the next one trust there's one called trust like there's there's Mate, I am like you're the her, biggest, which is why last year when I met her, yeah, when I met her, I was gassed. <laughs> and then when she signs my book, I was just like, I'm not letting this book go out of my sight ever. Like I am, the amount of times I recommended this book, I could have bought shares and been a millionaire by now. Deep. Seriously, that book, so many of my friends have got it as gifts because that, I think, as a black woman is the best book that that can help you begin your journey where you can see how she's processed broken it down how she's looked at her stuff and learned to heal honestly it's brilliant and on a final note one of the things that i'm trying so books love books oprah i too listen to her every day on my way to work along with um i'd recommend quote of the day which is just fantastic mm-hmm. you know no more than 10 minutes uh some yeah, people exactly. that you know are quite well well known like uh jack canfield and wayne dyer and um lisa nichols oh, jack yes um, oh lisa nichols so, yes what do you think about the next thing i'm going to try is solo dating um because i'm reading at the moment a book called simple abundance um yeah. and she is like a it's a bit like acts of faith which i also read every morning yeah. and it's a daily kind yeah. of like I suppose a daily essay to to read and I I read that as part of my miracle morning that and acts of faith Um, and she talks about just going out and another way of trying to understand yourself is by sometimes we get clouded by other people's the noise and therefore sometimes it's like going into shops that you don't necessarily go into like decorating shops and just really taking the time and asking yourself what do I genuinely like and enjoy yeah yeah i think um you know sometimes again due to you know wanting to fit in or due to just taking in what our parents have um conditioned us to believe we don't really think we think we know what we like but we don't we don't realize that we've taken in associations and the belief systems of of other people so it's really really interesting I'm, i'm all for anything solo so um and, and to challenge yourself as well because for some people going to the cinema by themselves is I a challenge I love going to the cinema by myself I'm like you're sitting really in the dark no one cares <laughs> but it's part of your time yeah yeah it's part of your time so I feel like if there is anyone out there who has just identified with what I've said mm. it's okay 
you're not alone but my question to you is what is the fear right because yes there's people around you but no one's watching you they're watching a film and it's dark no one cares literally it. no one cares this is it so what is stopping you I th- and, I, and I feel like you know once you conquer those little things um, bigger things no longer matter so I think I was maybe maybe 28 when I went to the cinema by myself which I think is quite late now mm-hmm. but I was 28 but on thir- by the time I was 30 I was like right I've never been on holiday by myself I want to go actually oh, I, need to, next I need to try this really after the month because do it. I get mummy guilt you see oh so, that's different that's different yeah, yeah I get that to a country I want my son to see that that country as well and I want yeah but this is about you this is together so, yeah, but you can have that. Yeah. You can have that. You can have that. So, yeah, so I think I was 30 when I went to Malta by myself and I was just so looked after. Mm. Um, two years ago, I went to Sri Lanka by myself for 10 days. That was amazing. You I'm an advocate no for just giving yourself what, what you need. And you didn't know anyone in those places? Nope. No? Okay. no one. So quickly, I've been saying this, but again, I'm just like, oh, she's just hit another gem. <laughs> Any tips on if someone's thinking right now, I want to travel by myself, Mm. what do I need to remember? You need to remember that you have to trust your intuition. Mm. You have to be aware of energy because it's that slight shift in a feeling and the gut response that will get you out of a situation. And I, I know that sounds like it's probably fear-led, but I promise you it's not. Mm-hmm. But it's about having that awareness. So if again, if you're self-aware and you're aware of energy and just and you're observant, then that's that's what will help you because you are by yourself. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that as a woman, you are, you know, if you are by yourself, then you're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. That that is the reality. But it doesn't mean that you don't do anything. It just means that you know that this is a potentiality and and you're guided and you're protected so for me um so as i'm talking now i'm just remembering this time i was in malta and um i was the youngest person in this hotel all inclusive in in uh, mahalia bay and i went at a time that it was november because i wanted a a a quick winter break Mm. and i wanted to hit of sun and basically i was um adopted (laughs) by by like 25 granddads and grandpas <laughs> but it was what I needed I learned how to fish like wow. it was what I needed I was really looked after bless them and I made friends with this like 60 year old called Del Boy from Peckham wow but I called him Del Boy because he spoke like him yeah. but he was called Del yeah. and um on this this trip was a was another guy he may have been about 28 so in terms of the hotel we were the youngest people there so we naturally gravitated to each other but there was something about his energy that I couldn't put my finger on mm. and it unnerved me a little bit and um, he went to the toilet and then Del came over to me and he was like Lise I've got something to tell you darling I'm like what's that he's like that boy I don't like him you know mm. don't like mm. him he's got enough energy he's got enough energy oh, <laughs> and I was like Del you know what I'm so glad you said that because I felt something was off he goes like this is what we're going to do He's gone to the loo, but just come over on our table, because he doesn't really like me. So he won't come over. Just just come on, just leave your food, or just bring your food, and come over to my table. <laughs> so I did that. He came back, but I had my back to him. 
and Dell was like talking to me through his teeth, basically saying, Look, he's looking for you. Is that oh look, you seen it? It's with me. Lisa's going back to his hotel room now. He ain't coming over here. Just stay away from that one. So I feel like for me, and I've and I've got this many times, I feel like when I'm when I feel something you trust it. It is yeah, you gotta trust it. And then if you're still not sure, I always get some sort of ver- verification. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just learning to trust what you first feel because Dell gave me the verification. Not that I needed it, but, but it, it was- he made me feel like I wasn't going crazy. Mm-hmm. So when you go on holiday, just have, have your wits about you. Have a good time. Be open, but also just, just understand about how the energy of something can change and trust your gut. Awesome. Lisa, I could talk to you. <laughs> months and months and months and months thank you for coming on on one um on the black female narrative i really really appreciate it oh and thank you for asking me it's been it's been really good and i hope whoever's listening to this just gets what they need from it no matter where they're at so if you're in a particular place then i hope you got what you needed if you haven't then you can always follow me on on uh, instagram and dm me there you go thank you lisa Thank you, darling. So, guys, that was Lisa. Um, I'd like to thank her for being the first guest on On One on the Black Female Narrative. Um, like she said, I hope that you got something out of the conversation, especially about some of the tools that you could be using in order to make sure you're taking care of self. Um, if you'd like to be um, a guest, if you've got something that you think we should be talking about on the show, uh, do get in touch with me on Facebook or on Instagram. Um, that's at the black female narrative or you can drop me an email on hello at tgrg.co.uk that's hello at tango golf romeo golf.co.uk until next time